0: this facade of perfection to be that's leadership mm-hmm. and anything less than that facade that isn't real anyway it's a complete this in this case the assessment that's a perfectly good assessment asking perfectly good questions which could be i would next year i would want to l- I could be tempted to lie (laughs) if I didn't have this integrity value because I was being seen as because my marriage wasn't a five. It was slightly less than. It was a failure. And have we created an environment where young church leaders moving up have to be perfect or nothing? And have we created an environment where you can fail forward? Welcome to OnRamp. Exciting discussions around leadership today. So happy you could join us. We're going to talk about three bills. No, we're not. No, we're not. (laughs) A bill, a billy. That's good. That's good. No,
1: we're not. Uh, Welcome back to OnRamp. It's episode nine and it's our first on-ramp since uh, Joel has recently been installed as our official lead pastor. And so we were thinking today we were going to talk about what makes a good leader, what makes a bad leader or a poor leader, and just some of the qualities of those two things. So what makes a good leader?
0: Yeah, let's get into it. I, I I think as well as I look around the landscape of uh, the Christian Church, I I see there there is a lot of transition happening. Mm-hmm. I think both naturally with baby boomers retiring, there is natural transition happening. I think about um, the increase of. Um, you know, churches in the Southern Baptist Convention seeing changes for various reasons. <laughs> okay, we're going there. I think um, of actually my church in New York, they're currently looking for a new lead pastor and they're interviewing candidates. And so, you know, churches are, are are kind of always in transition, but it just seems like lately there's a lot more transition happening. And there's also, I think, with, again, with that generational kind of passing on of the baton to the next generation, there's... um you know new leaders being appointed and I, and I also think like the leader of today might be different from the leader of yesterday mm-hmm. so there might be new things that leaders should be aware of that maybe didn't exist 20 30 years ago and so yeah for yeah. certain for certain <laughs> yeah and so maybe we'll begin with you know what do, what do you think personally makes a good leader um and um and then we can we can start there with kind of the good aspects of a good leader. So for me, uh, one thing that I, you know, value or have seen value in is is vision. That uh, you know, a good leader yeah. has a general direction for uh, where he or she is is called to take this particular group of people. So he or she um, is spending time with with God and with others, and sensitive to where. Uh, he or she is taking this group of people and so for me vision is important um to be able to be a little bit further down the road than maybe the people that you're leading not too far ahead of course but i think having that big picture vision the the sort of zooming out almost like an eagle to a higher elevation to see where you're taking people uh for me is always important that's one aspect um but, you know, maybe we'll begin with what you,
2: yeah. Well, that was, that was actually going to be the first one that I came up with as well. That really? Kind of interesting. That was not going to be mine. We, and we hadn't <laughs> talked about that. So, like, I, yeah, leaders lead. That's what leaders do, right? They lead. Well, you better know where you're going if you're a leader. Like, I don't think that God calls people into leadership I shouldn't say that, maybe that's too specific, but I don't think he usually calls people in just to kind of caretake the organization, right? Mm. He gives you a purpose for leadership. And I think leaders have to clearly know what that purpose is, right? I think sometimes we see too many leaders who come into a leadership position, but don't really know what their purpose is and what their vision is, because you can't do everything as a leader. So I think it is important to have a really clearly stated vision of this is what God is calling me to do as leader of this church. Mm -hmm. And, you know, not everybody is going to resonate with that right? I think that's the problem, right? As leaders, sometimes like we're insecure about our own leadership. And the last thing we want to see is people leave under our leadership or not agree with our leadership. Mm-hmm. And I think so there's probably as part of being a good leader is also having a clear, not only vision, but strength to carry out that vision that I, this is the vision God has given me. And this is the direction we're going to go, even if everybody doesn't agree with me.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, uh, yeah, last week, cause I know you might, you might, counter with something else. I'm curious. But I think, <laughs> like last week, we had a, a time of prayer with a small group of people and, and this particular intercessor asked me two questions, which were right along these lines. Is, she said, uh, do you know what's called of you? Mm. And I was like, yeah. And then she said, are you brave enough to walk it mm. out? Yeah. And I was like, yeah. But it's like, those are those are kind of two things. It's one, I think, knowing the vision. Two is, are you courageous enough yeah despite people leaving or whatever to to carry it out Mm -hmm. and then i'm i'm curious on that maybe think about this for a minute like what do you think impedes that like what might you know um be an obstacle to achieving that vision that god has called you to
1: i and i it's not that i wouldn't say vision is important one of the things that i think makes a good leader that I look for is a leader that knows themselves. One of the first things that somebody said to me was lead to your strengths, staff to your weaknesses. And it was a really good principle at the foundation of my understanding was I need to know myself. I'm not good at everything. We're in a series right now on the fivefold ministry gifts and understanding my motivations, my temperament, my personality, my strengths, my abilities makes me a better leader, Mm -hmm. if I know what I look like when I'm angry, what I am frustrated when I'm hungry, whatever it is, um, knowing myself, knowing themselves and being authentic in that knowing, uh, I think makes a a good leader because if you can't communicate, if you don't know how you communicate, if you don't know how you deal with conflict, if you don't know Mm -hmm. all of these things, um, I think for me, I look for someone that knows themselves, is comfortable in themselves, mm-hmm. um, that I, wa- I want to follow somebody like that. If I if I don't feel like I know you or there's not an authentic quality about who you are, mm-hmm. um, I don't care where you're going and I don't care about the vision. I'm kind of, I, I, I'm disconnected from you. And I think that maybe is something that is newer in the leadership landscape. You mentioned 20, 30 years ago, I think the authority of a leader 20, 30 years ago you were the pastor, you were the police officer, you were the teacher, and there was automatic respect or I'm going to follow you. I'm going to do what this assignment is. And I don't, that's not a given anymore. Mm-hmm. It's just not a given that the pastor stands up and says, we're going this direction. Everybody's like, yeah, let's go. There's, mm-hmm. there's a different landscape of leadership these days.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I think it's a little more earned mm-hmm. these days than mm-hmm. maybe it used to be a generation mm-hmm. ago. Like you said, I think that once you got placed in that position, the the, the leadership and the authority came with the position. Mm -hmm. And I think people are different now. Mm -hmm. I think people look past the position now and they say, is he or she like a genuinely good leader? Mm -hmm. And if so, I'll follow. Mm -hmm. And if not, I'm not going to follow. And it used to be, oh, you just did what the pastor said, right? Mm -hmm. And the pastor was the pastor. And I, I get the sense that it's not the same anymore. And that people certainly look at the person behind the position yeah. to see if if they really want to follow them.
0: I also think that yeah, this is so this is I think it's differentiated in some books. John Maxwell actually does a good job of differentiating between positional leadership and other leadership principles. So, positional leadership is you lead based on your title, you know, yeah. kind of your your business card carries all this authority. Right. We live in a day and age where I think because I honestly think it's because of there being different levels of failure, broken trust, mistakes. We have a long history, I think, of of leadership principles that haven't really worked for a while, like the disconnected lone maverick running out there as a leader saying, hey, catch up. Um, the, the leader leading by position only where they're, you know, kind of a figurehead, but they're disconnected relationally from the people they're leading. That simply is not what the next generation is looking for. It's not even what, you know, my generation is looking for. Mm -hmm. Uh, They're looking for authentic and genuine. And, um, so, you know, maybe we can talk a little bit about some of those differences, um, you know, in, in the way leadership was, and maybe the leadership is, you know today. I think there's a lot of them. But what do you think are some of those differences now than maybe 20 years ago? Well I, I think that we have a lot more
2: options now in mm-hmm. terms of what leaders we want to follow. Mm. Right? It used to be when I was a kid that if you wanted to get spiritual advice, you went to your pastor. That was the only person I knew who could mm-hmm. really give me spiritual advice, right? Who was kind of a professional. I mean, now you have the choice of thousands of people Mm -hmm. on the internet that you can follow or, you know, be mentored by. I mean, there's just so many more options now. And I think as our, our culture has changed in that we've kind of, taking that on to know that because there's so many more options, Mm -hmm. I I am free to move between Mm -hmm. leaders. And if I don't really like what you're doing, I'm just gonna go somewhere else. Mm -hmm. Or if I don't really like what the church is doing, I'm gonna move online and watch Mm -hmm. this church down in California or New Mm -hmm. York or halfway across the world, right? Mm -hmm. Like I think there's just more choices. Mm -hmm. And I I think that part that's part of what goes into that is people are a lot pickier now Mm -hmm. in terms of who they follow. And I think they have much higher standards now in terms of who they would follow. Because I just have more options, mm-hmm.
0: mm.
1: and disappointments, I think a bit there's been uh, you mentioned the Southern Baptist Convention, and the appreciation of how much disappointment has gone into our esteem of leaders or people that we followed, authors that have taken books off my shelves and not sure what to do with because there's disappointment in a a, a trusted voice and so I think one of the things good leaders today they recognize the community they recognize their organization and the people and there is quite a pastoral heart that's needed to to develop that and if it's not the strength lead to your strength staff to your weakness there needs to be people who who have that rallying ability that see people that see the needs that see the heart that see the the place and and where the church is at and can develop and cultivate that, um, that buy-in because you're, you're right, Greg, that, I mean, I can listen to 18 podcasts in two days and all these different voices and all these different perspectives. And it's just a cloudy landscape of voices.
2: Well, and that's the problem, right? Like, I think it's also a weakness. Well, Mm -hmm. it is a weakness of our culture Mm -hmm. is that, we don't stick it out mm-hmm. with one leader or a core set of leaders or a core mentor in my life, right? Mm-hmm. We tend to skip from person to Oh, I don't really like this. I'm going to go to the next one. Oh, I don't really like this. We're super fickle now, mm-hmm. right? And that, that, I think, works against us because if you want to be led, I think one of the important things you need to do is commit to a leader. Mm-hmm. Faults and all, right? Sometimes. Mm-hmm. And you got to say, well, you know what? I, I didn't really get that much out of this person's sermon this weekend, but I'm going to come back and I'm sure there'll be something good next week. Like mm-hmm. it, Like mm. this whole concept that we're just going to jump from leader to leader, I think hurts us and mm-hmm. it makes us less mature because I think the more mature people are the people that kind of put roots down, stick with a leader through the th- thin and thick a bit and away you go. Right. So,
0: What do you think are, because, you know, pl- kind of lead to your strengths, staff to your weakness Um, I totally agree with that. I also think there are some essentials Mm -hmm. and I'm wondering what you think those essentials might be. And so for me, trust is an essential. I have to see, I'm going to follow somebody that I, I trust, I trust at a certain level. Um, and I remember um, just, you know, b- being at Northside for many, many years, even before, um, you know, I've seen where I've had to earn people's trust. And in some cases, people have come up to me and they've been like, wow, two years ago when you first came or whatever, you know, we didn't didn't really know. and, and But now I, I trust you and now I trust you, you know, and I enjoy your speaking and I'm willing to follow. And it's like, wow, for two years, they kind of they stuck it out yeah. and they committed to being here and to, yeah. um, but I don't know. Trust for me is a, a huge one, but what are some other essentials, you know, not just strengths, but what are those essentials for a leader?
2: I, I know. I think humility is a big one for me too. Like That's I, what I was going to say, Oh, sure. <laughs> sure <Jonathan. laughs> like I, I don't expect my leader to know everything. And I don't expect them to sort everything out. And I appreciate it when somebody can have the confidence to say, Hey, I don't know. Right. Like, I don't know. Or, and I, and I like leaders who are always still growing personally. Right. Like that I think is probably even more important to me. Cough,
1: cough, wellness. Well, I mean, 10 (laughs) minutes in,
2: I haven't talked about wellness yet. So let's talk about it now. It's like, yeah, I, I think that's incredibly important. Right. Is that it kind of comes back to what you were saying earlier about knowing yourself And knowing what your weaknesses are, I need a leader who is working on those weaknesses. I need a leader who says, I'm not the complete person that God has created me to be, but I'm still working towards that, right? And whether you're young or you're middle-aged, you're old, it doesn't matter, right? You're still working towards being the best version of yourself, the, the version that God created you to be. And I think part of that is humility, knowing that you do have faults and you'll talk about them and share them and being vulnerable. Like, I think that's really important as a leader too. And some of those are counterintuitive because as a leader, we think, oh man, don't let them see the bad side, right? Only show them the good side because that's what people want to see. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's a cultural thing as well, that we're just, I think we're more open to having leaders who are honest about where they are at. Mm -hmm. And I, I I think you need to have a certain standard in terms of your own personal behavior. Like you can't just accept anything from a leader, but they need to be, I think they just need to be humble in terms of here's where I'm at and I'm growing too, right? And maybe I'm a couple steps ahead of you and so I can lead you in these areas, but I'm also open to learning from other people. I think that's really important for leaders.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say, say that I was going to say humility and my direction when I talk about that word was for me, it's the humility to to work together that I'm reading so much on leadership mm-hmm. these days of teams and the, the need for uh, together, doing this together, and that requires so much humility. I re- A couple years ago, I saw the um, documentary, The Making of Frozen 2, and I was profoundly impacted by the culture at Disney in the animation studio. I highly recommend it. Phenomenal documentary series. But just these... Animators that are so skilled at what they do and the, like the head of Disney, uh, Jennifer Lee, I th- believe her name is, and submitting your creative process, submitting like well done work to people to grow together. It was, I, mm. I, I remember sitting there watching it going, am I so attached to what I do, how I lead, where I go, my sermons, whatever it is, that I can't offer it to people and to, to grow in it, to, to dialogue around certain subjects, um, it just profoundly opened. It felt like a, something in me cracked open again for a breath of fresh air to be able to, to admit I'm, well, I'm, I was wrong. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm wrong in this and yep. I'm sorry or I was mad or I, you know, short tempered, whatever it would be stop messing with my computer or I'm going to punch you in the face. Um, Kind of, oh, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said that out loud, Um, Keaton. And, um, but yeah,
2: (laughs) just (laughs) (laughs) that willingness
1: to to dialogue and the humility to be in relationship and understand one another.
2: I think that's super important, even more so in a church context as well, because every single person has the Holy Spirit inside of them, right? Like it's there's There's genuine wisdom and truth and knowledge and what have you in even the newest of believers and I think that that's and especially when you look at like a staff team that Joel has and you guys have here is that there's there's really something to each person each person mm-hmm. has something to offer and to bring, and I think it's really important that you kind of foster that and acknowledge that because that's the way God created it mm-hmm. right so
0: Yeah, and I I really think that um, as we're talking, what keeps coming back to me is that character development is more important than professional development. And within a church, it's actually character often that leads to leaders not finishing. Um, Professional development is something that we celebrate. I just got a diploma, like, you know, a few weeks ago from Earl Roberts, and it was a diploma to say that I, you know, had finished the program. And it was, it, it's great. It's professional development, though, you know. I, what I think is missing, actually, within church leadership is character checkpoints, character development, character accountability. And so, you know, as we're talking about strengths and we're talking about, you know, some weaknesses, um, what do you think are some of these obstacles to leadership that um, that go unchecked or th- that you've noticed that um, maybe a bad leader? That's it's a hard, hard one to say. But I mean, just, you know, poor leadership principles. What do you think are some of those red flags that, you know, people out listening right now that are developing as leaders? You know, it's it's good for them to know because we don't talk enough about it call it the fruit of the spirit, call it, call it character development. But character is the thing that sustains you for the long haul. Uh, professional development won't. You can, you can fool people for long enough. But character is that internal, maybe the wellness that Greg has touched on. Um, but what are some of those things that you notice that you're like, you know, be careful of this. If you're out there listening, you're developing as a leader, you're young, or middle-aged, or older, what are those things, do you think?
1: Well, you're both looking at me. <laughs> well, <laughs> Greg, Greg just took a breath.
2: <laughs> you know, from, we've touched on wellness. I, part of kind of the wellness journey, which really impacted me, was having somebody else speak into my life that I was open with, honest with, and I trusted their input, Because I think as human beings, forget about as leaders, as human beings, we can't always see our own Mm -hmm. character flaws, right? Mm -hmm. So we think we're doing okay Uh, until you actually connect with somebody else and they start speaking into your life and they say, well, this is kind of what I see. Mm -hmm. And you're like, oh my goodness, I never saw that in my own life. Well, this is what I see. This is what I kind of sense. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really important, you, you know, and that's on the leader to be open, honest, and engage in those kind of relationships mm-hmm. because, you know, you can sit down with your staff, right, and have, or you guys can sit down with the staff and have conversations. But I, I think it's sometimes. I, I don't know. It's easy to hide those kind of things or try to hide those kind of things. So you yeah. got to be wanting to go there. But sometimes I think you need somebody wise to speak into your life. Yeah, mm-hmm. but I
1: agree one hundred. It's. It is entirely on me, Yeah. because for years we've had within the denomination that we're a part of, I've been licensed for, I don't even know, 20 years or something, and every year we have an annual, it's not a review, it's a a check-in point, and they've had various forms over the years uh, that ask emotional, mental, relational, uh, all these kind of questions. And for years, people have said we don 't have accountability or whatever and I said, "This process is exactly accountability it 's what you make of it i can I can lie to you mm-hmm, and right. get my license. I can answer all the questions how you want to hear them mm-hmm. um, and i don't i don 't have to be open, yeah. but I would take that form every year and I would take it to a trusted advisor, trusted mm-hmm. counselor, and I would go through them the responses and have an honest conversation. Like, do you, do you think these are accurate? Do you think I am, you know, content in, in whatever, or do you think my finances are, it was exactly what I made of it. I can hide everything from anybody or have the humility to say, here's my life. And do you have people, do we have people in our lives where we are, open whether it's counselor um close friends spouses whatever it would be um mm. Do I have that?
2: Yeah. See I I have some perspective given the fact that I'm in my 50s now and you guys are not. He's but old, I am old. So here's here's the progression I found in my life was when I was in my 30s I could hide those things. When I was in my 40s it started getting a little bit tougher to hide those things. And when I get now into my fifties, I found I can't hide those things now because now they're all starting to seep out. And I think that's, yeah. And, but that's, that's the issue is that with leaders is that if you don't start dealing with these things, when you're younger, they will come out and start eating you. And no matter what your Mm. character defects are, eventually they will start to come out, mm-hmm. and that's I like you. You talked about and referenced some of those stuff that's been in the news, right? And that's what you see is that is just starting to come out, and you can't keep it all together at some mm-hmm. point in your life, and so you're on a self-destruct mission if you're not doing some of the things that were that you're talking about there, Jen, because you can't hide them for a while, but you can't hide them forever.
0: Yeah, I, I and I remember t- doing the reviews as well, and I, I remember. Um, there's a few questions I, you know, it's like, um, you know, kind of totally unhealthy or totally healthy. And then there's like these five levels of yeah. sometimes, you know, uh, maybe never, I don't know all the, all these five kind of levels. Right. And so say five is the most healthy and zero is most unhealthy. I remember doing these, these questions and I would, I, I don't know, this is just me, but I would actually answer them honestly. Yeah. And I don't know if it was just me, but I would answer like how my, you know, for instance, my relationship with my wife actually was right. And I remember, uh, you know, a couple years, it wasn't a five. Like I saw areas for improvement in my marriage. I mean, for us to admit it, sorry, Sonia, uh, you'd agree and say amen if you're listening to this, (laughs) but you won't be listening. So anyway, (laughs) everyone else will know except you. But so I'd answer like four or I think one year I might've even answered a three. Cause in my mind, I thought of all these things that I could improve. And I remember being asked like, what's wrong with your marriage? I said, it just needs these areas for improvement. Is everything okay? Like, are you guys, almost like, are you guys ready to divorce because mm-hmm. you didn't answer a five? Right. What that created in me is, is this space safe
1: mm-hmm.
0: to not be perfect? Right. And so my, like, with we're talking church leadership too, not business leadership, because business leadership, if you don't meet quota, you're fired. Church leadership, it's like we make this facade of perfection, to be that's leadership mm-hmm. and anything less than that facade that isn't real anyway. It's a complete, this, in this case, the assessment, that's a perfectly good assessment, asking perfectly good questions, which could be, I would next year, I would want to, I could be tempted to lie <laughs> if I didn't have this integrity value because I was being seen as, cause my marriage wasn't a five. It was slightly less than it was a failure. And have we created an environment where young church leaders moving up have to be perfect or nothing. And have we created an environment where you can fail forward? Right. And sure. And why do we create that environment? Because the,
2: whoever it is that's looking at that assessment is like a three. Oh my goodness. Now we have to get into this mm-hmm. and this is going to be hard work. Are you sure it's not a four? Are you sure? Maybe it's not really a five, and you're just being too hard on yourself. Mm -hmm. Like it's hard work on both sides, right? Well, and I think
1: I I I did for several years. I would do one set of answers for the mandated relationship interview, and then I would do an honest set of answers for the other one because (laughs) (laughs) maybe this is not. Integrity is not a value. (laughs) Sorry,
2: was that on camera that (laughs) she (laughs) just (laughs) said (laughs) that? <laughs> oh just to, just to clarify, you were a lead pastor while you were filling this out. This no is a, we just, just to clarify, okay.
0: this is a hypothetical hypothetical she was talking. About. yeah hypothetical. there was
1: one time, and it was a more of a test to see if the person read it, <laughs> cared to invest because my oh. like i I saw that the process was like in sometimes in forced processes, if I didn't say to him, you know, I've I've been struggling with a high degree of anger and frustration in, in my current season of ministry. If I didn't say that, he wouldn't have asked it. And so sometimes mm. I think that we have this, this unwillingness to say, hey, you know, that's not okay. Or I've heard you talking about X, like operating out of anger or being really frustrated or children driving you crazy. We don't necessarily... I don't know, wrestle it out or have that, that culture of safety to be able to grow together as leaders and sharpen one another and find the safe places to deal with the stuff. So I would always, you know, I would I would be honest, but not, sometimes when, things wouldn't come out of that. And I I had to personally take responsibility for myself and go talk to somebody that will say, no, it's not okay. You are you are functioning at a six out of five anger, frustration, rage, kind of thing thing. Mm. So I had to own my own development in that regard. Mm. And yeah.
0: I, I think as well, like I, uh, you know, although maybe denominations, church organizations, leadership structures, I think are a little bit unfair to those that maybe are struggling in certain areas. I also think to be totally honest, congregation is also unfair. You know, I don't know that a lot of congregations have room for failure for mm-hmm. leaders in a, in in a sense for um, not being perfect, not looking perfect, not kind of always being in their Sunday best. Um, you know, can <laughs> this is a huge conversation, but, you know, can the can the church community as a whole, all congregation members included, you know, wrestle with the fact that leaders aren't perfect? Um you know, I don't know if it's always been safe. Like the leaders that went before me, the, the kind of boomers that are retiring, I don't know that they were in an environment that the community was like, hey, you can be less than perfect and we'll still accept you as our leader. Like, I don't and know what families. that was like. And your families and, and your marriage. And your families. I, I, I read about these stories, again, of boomers writing books about, you know, or even kind of counseling me on like, everybody looks at your family. When they come into church, everybody looks at your kids. Everybody looks at the way they're dressed. Everybody looks at if they're paying attention during the services. Everybody, and I'm like, oh my goodness, like my poor, my poor family. It's like they're constantly on a, on a reality TV show. And that's yeah. not fair either. So,
2: But that's going to happen, mm-hmm. right? Like, is it fair? No. Is it mm-hmm. right? Probably not. Is it going to happen? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I, I think that's where it comes down to your own personal strengths as well, and even your family being mm-hmm. strong and knowing that these are the kind of things that are going to come at us as leaders it doesn't mean I need to own all of them, mm-hmm. right? I don't I don't need to buy into this. You don't like what I'm wearing? You don't like the fact that I wear jeans when I'm on the stage? Well, too bad.
0: I'm sorry you feel that way.
2: I don't
1: perceive it.
2: I'm sorry you feel that way, but this is what I'm going to do. And mm-hmm. that's where I think as a leader, that's why I think where it's harder for younger people to be leaders, to be honest with you, because... They don't always have that sense of self-confidence and they don't have that sense of this is who I am
0: mm-hmm.
2: and I am okay with it and God is okay with it and I don't really care if other people aren't okay with it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's because a lot of younger people, th- there's still a lot of insecurity involved there, right? So when sp- somebody says something, Ooh, it stings and uh, maybe I better react to that. And I think as I get older, I'm like, I care less and less about what other people think. And I think that's healthy because, to a degree, that's healthy because I need to be, like, I need to honor myself and who Mm -hmm. I am. And if I think it's okay to wear jeans on the stage when I preach, then I'm going to wear jeans on the stage when I preach. And that's the way we're going to do it at this church. Mm -hmm. And if you want to leave over that issue,
0: I wish you all the best, Mm -hmm. but I'm not going to change just because it bothers you. Yeah, I've actually realized that, like, direct proportion to, like, the less insecure I've become, the more people um, see that I've developed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's strange. Exactly. Isn't it? It's like just yeah. the more like, this is who I am. Yeah. And the less I've been like rigid, the more people are like, Oh wow, you've come so far. And I'm like, I've actually un so far. <laughs> like, I've actually like, yeah. like, like just become comfortable. Yeah. In who I am. Yeah. And I've also been a bit more like take it or leave it. Um, And it's just interesting because it's like you could, if you're a young leader, like you could only play that part. If you feel like you're playing a part out there and you're listening to this and you're a young leader, if you feel like you're playing a part, it's better to just try to like move into who you really are quicker in your leadership. Like for me, it took a long time for various reasons we won't get into here. But I think more recently I'm, 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 yeah, finding my own in a sense. Right. And the more I do that, it's like, it's interesting because people, are, Oh wow. It's like, it's, you've come so far and I'm like, actually I've just like <laughs> unearthed who I actually am. Yeah.
2: And and I think it's a balance too. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to leave the impression that you just do whatever you want. Mm-hmm. Right. Like there's, you need to be teachable as well. And so sure. there's that balance, which is like, I am, I'm happy to listen to what people say and genuinely ponder it and mm. like, could this be God talking to me through this person, right? Like, is there really something here that I should take on? But then wherever I'm, if I make the decision that, yeah, that is something I should be listened to or something, or something maybe I don't need to listen to, then I'm confident that I can do whatever I want. But I think it's that balance, Mm -hmm. right? Between the humility versus kind of knowing who you are and
0: honoring who God created you to be. Mm -hmm. I guess also though with that is, because that is the humility, I think having people around you that support who you are is so important because yeah, you're right to be humble, to listen to people, to develop, to grow character development, all that's important. And then having people around you, like I value, there's people around me that are like, man, that's, this is who you're created to be. This is, you know, and they kind of affirm that for you. And I think that's also good. Or they'll be like, Hey, you're 20 years old. You don't even know how to tie your shoes yet. Um, you know, let's just work on this, this, and this. So, um, yeah, but I don't know. Anyway, did you want to comment?
1: I feel like my experience in leadership was so different because I started so young. I was, like, early 20s. I didn't know any other way to be than who I was. And I think some of the young adults, some of the young leaders listening will identify with there is a, a push for the younger younger audience, younger generations to express yourself. You be you like there is a real authenticity push. And for me, growing in leadership meant I needed to, I needed to develop the skills and the humility to, to not be right. I was a little bit of a bull in a China shop. I was just like, if I had an idea, it was like, this is what we're going to do. We're going to, and I did damage to relationships and had to grow in the, the ability to assess ideas and not just run after something to the detriment of everybody else around me. And so I think, yeah, I just, the, the, I've just placed a high value on continuing to grow, continuing to read and lead and learn and apologize and stumble and try new things. Um, just, yeah, I tried so many different things as I established my own voice, and I remember somebody coming to me and after a prayer meeting and saying, I don't know who you prayed like in that prayer meeting, but that's not you, and don't you don't have to be loud and brash and like full like that's that's not you you don't have to try on these different voices you you preach the way you preach, you pray the way you pray you you lead meetings the way you lead meetings. And so I've just kind of set into a rhythm of th- this is me. I'm quite relational, a little bit chaotic. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the beauty of just sticking with it and being in community and being in relationship. I just, I want to get better and I want to be better and I want to continue. I'm, I don't think I'll ever arrive. I'll keep reading biographies and leadership books and studying and growing and listening to God and apologizing.
0: (laughs) But it sounds like you also had people that were kind of reminding you of who you are along the way.
1: Yeah. And could see, like I always surrounded myself with teams being starting so young, being single, all the years of leadership and being a, a woman. I always, I knew instinctively that I needed to always have team around me mm. because there were things that I wouldn't be able to naturally lean into or, you know, marriage counseling and that kind of stuff, much comfor- more comfortable now. But when I was young 20s, it, it just didn't make sense. And so I always had people around me. Whose phone is that? No, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> the phone is ringing. Yes, my <laughs> mom. <laughs> Hi, mom. Um, yeah. And so just discovering that in the process of having people around me and not always agreeing with them or not always appreciating what they would have to say, but having to really wrestle with it. Like, yeah, just, mm. no, I don't have to wear a dress every Sunday, but why like, just wrestling with things and being okay with wrestling. It took a bit of time to be okay with people's suggestions actually considering if there's any merit to this rather than just being like nope but i don't like it i'm not taking it but Mm -hmm. like actually taking feedback and considering it and okay well yes fair point i will work on that Mm -hmm. um i just think there's yeah i don't know
0: it's a, i think it's a good a good part of leadership is being able to take feedback and i've taken feedback from people that i love and i used to I, I even used to tell other people this only take feedback from people that love you and support you and while that sounds good sometimes good feedback can come from people that aren't for you sometimes good feedback can come from you know just all kinds of sources and i think you have to as you get older you take it all and you think about it maybe you process it with a friend or process it with God for sure. And then you could decide whether or not to receive it or not, you know, but I remember throwing out good feedback because it was from maybe the wrong person at the wrong time and whatever. It wasn't helpful in that moment. But I think now it's like, no, I'll, I'll, I'll take it. I'll think about it. I might throw it in the garbage after that, but Mm -hmm. um, at least I'll think about it first. Um, And I think that's part of the humility that you need for the journey. Um, I also like, I've heard this a bit From all of us that, you know, team is super important. So, you know, don't do it alone. Old model for leadership was like, I've got a vision. I've got a direction. I'm going to run out onto that hill and put a flag in the ground and you can all catch up with me. That's not the way you lead anymore. Yeah. And I, you know, one of the things I was sitting here thinking just as you guys were talking
2: is just around team is that I think another quality of a good leader is that they grow other leaders. Right. And so it kind of comes to the point where you were saying it used to be kind of more of a cowboy mentality, right? I am the leader of this church or organization or whatever it is. And I think now a good leader looks for opportunities for those working underneath them to lead in their areas and give them leadership opportunities, give, you, give a lot of opportunities for people to, to lead. And they're going to make a ton of mistakes And as a leader, you're okay with that, right? So you look at like, you know, Keaton leading youth or Megan with kids and whatever it is, and you let them own their own um, environment and you let them lead in their area. And you kind of keep an eye on them like a parent would keep an eye on a kid, but you're not, as a good leader, you're not constantly telling them what to do and you're not constantly looking over their shoulder and you're okay with the fact that they're going to make mistakes, but what we're doing is growing more leaders, right? And all these people can go out and even if they leave here, they go out and lead wherever they end up. Mm -hmm. And that's really healthy, right? That's what good leaders do as well is, Mm -hmm. is, is they grow more leaders. Mm
0: -hmm. Um, In closing, why don't we name a, name a leader that other people might know that has really impacted your life and uh, maybe a sentence or two, why? Um, and I'll let you think while I, oh I my one. so one leader I really value, uh, is, uh, Bill Johnson, Bill Johnson at Bethel church. And the thing I value that I'll, I'll bring up is, is, uh, you know, when he took on, you know, lead pastor at mm-hmm. Bethel before they were really known. Uh, one thing he said is this is what I'm called to, like I'm called mm. to revival. And, uh, so that's non-negotiable. And if you don't want that. Like basically he's saying, if you don't want that, you don't want me and I won't lead. And I always valued that because it was somebody that, I, you know, at least that statement was, this is who, I'm, who I am. This is what I'm called to take me or leave me. And, uh, you know, within within a month, a thousand people left the church. Mm. Um, but that was a that was a, the environment took that risk um and you know obviously they grew to ten thousand people um but i just always valued that sort of knowing who you are connected to god i know who i am and i know what i'm called to and i'm not going to sacrifice that so that's somebody but um yeah do you have anybody anybody that you
1: have to be in the church no it doesn't have to be in the
0: church (laughs) it can be in some other secular heathen uh, is it me? Jen? Is it me? Is this going to be awkward <laughs> when you say it's me? Uh, no.
2: Uh-huh. no. Go ahead, Jen. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Who are you talking uh, about? Maybe don't laugh that hard either. But uh, yeah. <laughs> Do you have a leader, Greg? Well, okay. So mine is kind of similar, actually. When I was growing up, a guy that kind of I really admired was Billy Graham, mm. and I remember the one thing I really liked about Billy Graham was that I saw him you know, one of the, t- he was on, um, Oh, he used to be the guy on CNN who used to do all the interviews. Oh my goodness. I just totally blanked on his name. Larry King. King He's on King, Larry King. King. And it was around the time where the church was really getting hammered about their views on gay marriage. Right. Mm. And whether homosexuality was okay or not. And Larry King is really going at, um, at him saying, well, what are your views on this? What do you think about this? What do you think about this? And he said, listen, Larry, he said, I, here's what I know. I know that I am called by God to tell people that God loves them. That is my calling. Wow. And he said, somebody else's calling might be to delve into the homosexuality issue. And I don't, you know, feel, you know, I'm not I'm not against that, but he says, it's not my calling. My calling is to tell the unchurched that God loves them. Mm. And I was like, I just, that really impacted me because like you said, Mm -hmm. just a leader who knows what he's being called to do and know, and doesn't get distracted by all the other stuff that's going on. And that I I just really, I really like that Mm. about Billy Graham. He just, he had a calling and he fulfilled it. And that's Mm. what he did. Yeah. That's
0: good. You have a third bill? <laughs> <laughs>
2: She's like kill bill. Uh,
0: no. <laughs>
1: I can't think of another bill. Um I can't think of other bills, but I'm not. Um uh my leader years ago I read the book Creativity Inc by Ed Catmull and he's the head of Pixar Animation Studios and just he transitioned from he transitioned Disney from original uh boomer leader, like top-down leadership to a much more collaborative leadership Mm -hmm. style. And I read the book after going to a Christian um, leadership seminar thingy, and it so profoundly impacted my heart and gave me language and ability and tools to work together. I'd always wanted to be a collaborative leader, but I'd only ever been in environments where the top-down leadership and follow me as I'm way out there. Uh, One of my formative leaders was basically, this is where we're going. If you don't like it, there's the door. And I knew Mm -hmm. I didn't want to be that kind of leader, Mm -hmm. but I did not know how to, I didn't know how to change. I didn't know how to not Mm -hmm. do that because that's what was modeled to me. And so I read this book and it just changed, it changed my heart. It was one of the single most life-changing books I've read for me because of just the principles of how to equip other people, how to share your experience and then say, here's my experience. Here are some thoughts you might not be able to see. Now you make your decision and I'm mm. fine with whatever you decide because mm. you're not going to die from the decision you're going to make. Mm. And so it, it just gave me language to empower and be together in a team and, and even just the humility and the creative process. I learned just so much from that, that book and his short presentation at a leadership thing. Um, So Hmm. there are church leaders and I would agree with both of yours, but yeah. I thought
0: you were going to say Bill Hybels. That's interesting.
1: No, I wasn't.
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, we are out of time. We have uh, had an awesome time together talking about leadership. And, you know, if if any of these topics like you're like, hey, we want you to we want to hear more on that or we have questions or we have comments or, um, you more know, on that? we'll listen to more on more on more on that. Yeah. Yeah. Or if you just think we're morons, on the morons we'd love on to hear that. That. <laughs> <laughs> more on that. Yes. <laughs> I'll separate those words more distinctly. But we'd love to hear from you. Send us a message. Actually send Jen a message, and uh, she'd love to read that. And, and, uh, Jen at northsidechurch.ca, Joel at northsidechurch.ca, gbaker at Tellus.net. Oh, I was going to say, uh, I don't, I believe you I don't work head. here. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. He loves... Yes, you can email me anytime. That's fine. And lunch anytime. He's yeah. already offered that yeah. in the past. Yeah. Maybe you missed that. Um, but, hey, thanks so much for joining us. Um, We are growing as leaders. We have not arrived. We are the first to admit it. um, But we we do lead together, and it's exciting to do the podcast together, but also to lead uh, Northside together as well. It's a lot of fun. We love you out there and love to hear from you. Bless you.